There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining me today. We are going to talk all about when I got fired from my dream gig and the lessons I learned and hopefully something that will help you in your path on your music career. Stay tuned. We love playing music. But it seems like the odds of making a living as a professional musician are about as high as winning the lottery. So the big question is this, how do musicians like us with jobs, families, and responsibilities get from where we are today to making a practical living playing music we love? Well, my name is Daniel Hathaway, and this show will give you the answers. This is The Practical Pro Musician. Well, hey there, my friend. How are you today? Welcome into the Practical Pro Musician. My name's Daniel. How are you? I hope you're doing good. I'm doing well. Um, I'm getting this recording of this podcast started a little later than I'd hoped um, because I, I'm typically a person who follows my own advice. Um, it's definitely true of anything I say on this show. Um, but I did not follow my own advice today and I came to regret it. I, I, uh, one piece of advice, and this is not only my advice that a lot of people subscribe to this idea. And that is if you are using a computer to complete important work, you're counting on a computer to complete important work. It's probably not a good idea to upgrade that computer or the operating system or do anything too crazy to it, um, you know, right away as soon as, as soon as something new comes out. And I actually didn't, I actually delayed upgrading my, uh, operating system. I'm about a year behind on, on my trusty old Mac here. Um, I finally came around to upgrading to the thing that came out last year, but anyway, I, I finally updated it. Um, and everything seemed like it was going okay, but that all crashed and burned when I decided to startup logic, which is what I use to record this podcast, but I suffered through it. I figured it out and I'm here now with you. So it's all good. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine here. Anyway. Uh, so today, um, I've got something really interesting that I don't, I'm not sure if, if I've ever shared this story with you. It's the story about, um, me getting fired from my basically what at the time was my dream gig, um, and how that all went, went down, how that came about and some lessons that I learned from that. Um, first though, uh, I do want to tell you two things, um, that I'm excited about, or I guess one thing I'm excited about and one thing I'd, I'd love to, uh, 
get your help on. So the first thing is what I'd like to get your help on. What I need your help on is this. If you love this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you went into iTunes or wherever else you listen to this podcast and give an honest rating and review. Um, of course, I love it if you um, if you love this podcast to give it five stars and even leave a review um, or um if you don't like it, I mean, I want to hear your feedback too. I'll tell you what, if you love the podcast, leave a review. If you hate the podcast, send me an email. Uh, you can send me an email at, uh, you can use the contact page at the new website actually, which is the second thing I have to tell you about. But first, um, yeah, if you love this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you left a review over on iTunes, especially because that makes this podcast more visible to everyone else who might find this podcast useful. And like I said, the second thing I want to tell you about it is that the that promusician.org is finally live for real. There's not much there now, but all the past episodes of this podcast are available there. And you can also contact me uh, with the form there by clicking on the contact button. And there is much more to come. Um, the hardest part was just getting it off the ground. Um, I will be adding some new things. Um, I have one really cool free resource that I'm planning on adding. I don't want to let the cat out of the cat out of the bag yet on that, but, uh, Look forward to that, or I hope you look forward to that, because I think it's going to be really useful for you in the future if you are serious about becoming a professional musician. All right, so like I mentioned, today we are going to talk about, I want to tell you the story about getting fired from my dream gig. Now, this is kind of a follow-up to uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about money on the podcast. So if you want to go back and listen to that episode, um, I talked a little bit about getting this dream gig and uh, what I was getting paid and, and how I didn't really manage my money very well at first. And looking back on it, I made what seemed like a whole lot of money um, but, but I don't actually know where I spent all that money for the most part. I don't have much to show for it now. Um, when I feel like I probably should have. And definitely now, if I made that much money, um, from gigs in a month, I would, you better believe I'd know where all that money went. But anyway, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, so the way that the, the, the whole, this whole situation went down is I guess, let me, let me just tell you a little bit about getting the gig first. So this would have been, um, I was, oh gosh, I think I was maybe 20, maybe 25. No, that can't be right. Maybe 24, 23, somewhere in there. I um, got this audition and we'll talk about getting the audition and all those other pieces some other time, but got the audition, had the audition on a Thursday, got called Thursday night and said, hey, you've got the gig. This is what it pays. Um, we rehearse all day next Monday. Um, so like four days away or three days away, we rehearse all day, nine to five. And then, uh, Tuesday we get on a tour bus and we leave for a month. Um, so here are 21 songs to learn over the weekend. We'll rehearse them all on Monday and, uh, we leave for tour on Tuesday. So I hope you know all the songs by then. Cause we're playing a show that night. Uh, so did that and it was awesome. It was an artist that I already was familiar with. And so I knew, knew her music, um, and it was a cool thing. It kind of felt like one of those movie situations where, you know, uh, you always dream of playing for such and such artist, you know, um, and all of a sudden it happened. 
So it was like a dream for me. It was amazing. Um, and I never, I guess maybe I did over time I, because the other guys around me, the other musicians, um, they had been doing it longer. So they kind of were a little more jaded towards the whole thing and how awesome it was. Uh, not too much. They were all great, but it's just, you know, you want to fit in a little bit. So you kind of start acting like you're, you're as cool as they are. I never felt as cool as they are. Um, but I acted like it and and pretty soon you kind of get jaded to the whole situation. It's kind of hard not to. Um, but anyway, um, the, the deal with this artist was this. So we had about six months worth of, sh- worth of shows planned out when I came on. And so um, that included a big, long tour, included going to Europe, big thing, but about six months worth of shows. And then what was going to happen after that was she was going to take a break for at least six months, take some time off, kind of uh, kind of re-energize herself. And um, we knew that was coming. All of us in the band knew that was coming. So we kind of planned ahead and, uh, I did the same. So I kind of, uh, knew I was going to have six months off after having six months of an awesome gig. I had six months off and, uh, the deal was this though, is, um, you know, she said, Hey, look, if you can just make it through these six months without any gigs, which means you're not getting paid anything. Um, that's the way it works most of the time in the music business. Um, we'll come back after six months of no work and, uh, we'll go back, go on tour, do the whole thing and we'll, we'll be back into it. So I was like, great. Awesome. So, um, that six month period of time came and, um, thankfully the management for the artist had another artist, uh, that they let me play with. Uh, they had me play drums for, and so I was able to, to make ends meet. It wasn't as many shows, um, but it paid the same amount per show. So it was actually, it was actually all right. So I kind of limped along for lack of a better way of explaining it, uh, for about six months. And then, uh, basically we came back, uh, she came back, we did a couple of rehearsals, had a couple of different band members. Some other band members had moved on to other gigs. Uh, and, um, but I stuck around, uh, we had a couple of rehearsals. We went and did a, we did what one show I did one show. We, we had to drive up to Kentucky up to Louisville from Nashville. So it wasn't very long, but we drove up and did that show. I'll never forget it because we got stuck in a horrible snowstorm on the way home. It took us forever to get back home from that show that same night. Um, but I want to say maybe we, we can't, we did that one show and then it was, it was, so yeah, we had that one show and then we, um, we had like a week break before we had another show to do. We kind of, kind of came back after six months, played one show, had a week break, and then we're going to go play another show. Uh, the day after that first show, I get a call from the manager, uh, of the artist and he says, Hey, um, you're basically, you're fired. We're not, we don't want you to play for, for us anymore. And I was, you know, shocked. I could not believe it, couldn't understand it. And he basically said, I was like, why, you know, tell me why. And he's like, well, you know, you, you weren't, you weren't really, you, you started, you, you stopped showing up prepared for gigs. Um, which, you know, wasn't actually true as best as I could tell. I mean, the gigs were the same. We played the same set list for six months. Um, always played well. I thought, um, you know, no one ever, no one ever came to me and said after a show, the MD never came and said, Hey man, you know, like that wasn't, that wasn't great. Um, we need to work on that or anything. I never got any feedback like that. It just kind of, there's kind of nothing along that line. But 
anyway, all of that to say, there were a lot of excuses given to me about firing me. The real story was something different. Um, it was just really that um, that they had another drummer that needed a gig that was friends with the group of people, and they really wanted to give him a chance. And honestly, if that had been the explanation, it would have kind of hurt, but I would have been fine with it. But anyway, um, the explanation basically was, well, you're not prepared. And then that was like, that's kind of that's not true. And then he's like, well, you know, we're trying to go more of a rootsy direction. We think of you as more of a rock drummer. Um, which is funny. Cause if you, if you know, like my more recent background, as far as the band I played with, um, they were actually the opposite of rock in pretty much every way. But, um, I was like, well, you know, I said, uh, well, well, you never, you never told me that, like, you never said you want to go that direction. You know, I can play that way. If, if someone had said to me, Hey, we want to make it more rootsy sounding. I, you know, let's, let's go that direction. I would have, you know, been able to play that way. And it was like, yeah, well, you know, we, we just want to go do something else. And so, um, I was like, it just, you know, I, I, there was nothing I could say, obviously at that point, um, the, the, the deal was done, but I, I felt like it was so unfair and it honestly, um, you know, this is a separate lesson that, that, uh, we'll get into maybe in another episode, but, um, I actually, um, it, it wreaked havoc on my life in so many ways when that happened. Um, you know, all the emotional stuff you could imagine that would come out of something like that, you know, being, you know, you're basically my identity was taken away. I was the drummer for this artist. That was who I was. Um, that was a mistake to let my identity get wrapped up in that, but that's what, that's what had happened to me. And when that gets taken away, it can really mess you up. And it definitely did for me. Um, so bad that I actually got physically ill. Um, I'm not sure if I ever mentioned this podcast. I have a, I have a chronic condition and I, and, um, I, the stress of getting fired from that gig is actually, um, was the, the root, it was the beginning of that whole issue. It was the first time that flared up for me and, and became even known to me. Um, I was sick for months after, um, after that happened. So anyway, it, it was a rough situation and it took me a long time to recover. Um, and you might've heard the story that I got fired before. Um, I've shared that, that piece a lot, not maybe in this much detail. Um, but, and, and I don't, and I don't regret it. You know, I don't, I, looking back, it was a wonderful thing to happen because, um, I was able to basically go through and rebuild my music career from that point forward in a more, methodical, structured way. And it provides the outline, it provided the outline, uh, for everything that I teach now, um, to other musicians. So, um, I don't, I don't actually regret it because it actually now, now where I'm at now, um, if that hadn't happened to me, I don't think I'd be able to, this podcast wouldn't even exist. I wouldn't be teaching this stuff if I hadn't learned what I learned after getting fired. Um, but it was not easy at the time. And, um, I, I thought today that I'd share with you a couple of lessons out of that situation um, that might help you in your music career and also might help you uh, even even if you are not super serious or not sure if you're ready to move forward in your music career, I think these ideas can probably help you in your everyday life regardless of um, of where you're at and what your goals are with your music career. 
Um, so the first one is this. It's it's uh, I, I wrote these down because I didn't want to forget them. The first lesson I learned is um, that we should never stop auditioning. And what I mean by that is this, and this is something that I've learned actually in my in my other day job as well, which is you never take for granted the situation that you're in. If you ever have a little bit of success, let's say you audition for a band and you get the gig, you have not stopped auditioning. Your, you should, your goal should be auditioning for that band every time you sit down with them for the rest of your life. For as long as you want that gig, you keep treating every situation like it's an audition. In other words, you put your best foot forward. You never stop reminding everyone else of why they hired you. Um, and that's true. Like, like I said, in my day job, we, you know, I work in a company that has uh, franchise locations um, and I work for corporate and, uh, and we, uh, we have franchisees and, and one of the things we talk about all the time is that you never stop marketing to your to your franchisees, to your customers. You never stop marketing to your customers. And as a musician, you never stop marketing to your customers. Your customers, as a musician, are the people who will pay you, who will hire you to play music for them. So you never stop. And I don't mean being weird and and slimy and like, you know, you don't verbally say, Hey, remember that you hired me because I'm really good at this. Not that you show them that they hired you. You show them that's how you remind them that they hired you because you're really good at this. Um, you, you always have to remind, remember that you're, you're on, it's not a performance, but you're always in the spotlight. Um, and you, even if you're not in the spotlight, as far as, uh, interactions go, you should act like you're in the spotlight and, and, uh, carry yourself in a way that, always reminds those other musicians, whoever hired you, that producer, that artist, um, don't let them forget why they chose you or chose to work with you in the first place. Um, so yeah, never stop auditioning. The second thing uh, that, that is a good thing to do is, uh, is look for gaps in your situation. So what do I mean by gaps? Well, basically, the writing, looking back on getting fired, the writing was on the wall for me in some ways that this situation, whether I was getting fired or not, I had lots of indications that maybe this this gig wasn't going to last long. Um, you know, the fact that I came on and the artist was going to take a six-month break, six months after I started, that's not necessarily a bad sign, but in isolation, but added in with other things, I probably should have been a little more active at looking for other opportunities all along the way. Um, the complete lack of feedback that I was getting along the way about my playing, um, the, and I'm going to get into this, this other point next, but the fact that, you know, I, I, I could have been more aware that I was perceived as a rock drummer and that that's not all there is. Um, I should have been working on being more well-rounded as a musician, um, regardless of whether or not that was an accurate perception of, of who I was as a musician. Um, I should have, I should have been aware that there was a gap in what, and what was being perceived of who I was as a musician and work to fill that gap. Um, there was a gap of, like I said, in communication that maybe I should have filled. I should have asked more questions. Um, I shouldn't have let Un- unknowns stay unknowns. I-, I should have been more forward and asked questions about the future and my situation and everything else. Um, because there's some other details I can't really get into, but there were some other, it was very obvious that, that, that 
the focus of the management company was moving away from the artists that I was working for onto other things. And I should have known, or should have at least asked, hey, what's the deal with this other situation? Because it looks like that's the focus and I'm not a part of that. So like, what's, what's my, what's my, what's my standing in this situation? Um, and so that definitely is something that you need to be aware of is look for gaps, look for, look for places where there might be holes or something missing. Um, and not just you and, and, and your, the way you play or how you interact, but the overall situation you find yourself in as a musician, as, um, uh, if you're in a workplace or your relationships, look for those gaps, try to kind of look at yourself objectively, pretend that you're floating out third person view, looking down at yourself and observe yourself objectively and say, where are the gaps that he or she has and what's going on with them? Um, and then look and see how you might be able to fill those. Now, I kind of alluded to the next point here a little bit a minute ago, but um, always remember that perception is reality. Now, that's not obviously my original idea. That's something I've heard a lot throughout my life, but it doesn't matter what you know the truth about yourself to be as a musician. The reality of what what everyone else is going to see is what they perceive of you. So for me, I knew deep down in my heart that I was not a quote unquote rock drummer, that I could play that rootsy organic stuff. And I knew that I played a lot of that kind of stuff uh, in my practice time at home. Um, But the perception from the people who mattered, and when I say people who mattered, I mean the people who um, mattered in sense of me getting paid or not getting paid to play music, their perception was I'm a rock drummer. Well, if you perceive someone to be a rock musician and you want to go in a rootsy organic, you know, uh, acoustic direction, um, guess who you're not going to pay to play your music? The rock guy. So it doesn't matter. You can be stubborn and say, I know who I am. Um, it's up to everyone else to figure it out. The problem is, is that you have too much, you have too much to lose by everyone else not figuring it out. And they have not much to lose by not figuring it out because they can, if they don't figure out who you really are, it doesn't really matter. They'll, they can go hire somebody else. Um, and so you have to, uh, actively proactively show who you really are as a musician, what you can really do because perception is reality. It doesn't matter what the truth that you know is. Um, if everyone else doesn't know it, it does not matter. You won't get that gig. So perception is reality. And then the last thing, the last point that I want to make, and this is something that I have, it's something that I have to remind myself of all the time, even now as a much older adult, um, is you can't control everything. No matter what you do, things are going to happen sometimes that you can't control. You can work on the perception and how you're perceived, but you cannot completely control how you're perceived. Um, you know, I look back at that, that specific instance, the perception of me being a rock musician. Um, and I say, okay, look, there were pieces of that that I could probably could control. I could have chosen to play differently, or I could have talked about other types of music I liked more. But the reality is this, honestly, I could have done all of that and it may not have made any difference at all. The people who make the decisions may not have perceived and understood what I was doing and what I was saying, and they still might have chosen to fire me or whatever reason it was. 
they might have chosen to fire me. I couldn't control that. At the end of the day, the real reality of the situation, as I later came to learn or understand it, was I can't control um, everybody else. And at a certain point, you have to be okay with that. You can do the best you can do in your music career um, and and do the best. Do Follow as much of a process as you like. Um, follow as many of the tips that I can lay out if you'd like um, or do your own thing. Um, but at the end of the day, you can only control so much. And there's always going to be an element of what happens in your music career and in your life that you can't control. And that means, that means uh, since it doesn't encapsulate everything, it means you can't control everything. So you just got to be okay with every once in a while or a lot of the time things happening that are outside of your control. What you can control is how you react to the situation. You can always choose how you react to a situation. You can choose how you're going to carry yourself forward after something happens that is outside of your control, Um, which is a great thing. It's reassuring that you always have a choice in how you react. Um, the, The people in music that I have seen fail the most as far as getting gigs are the ones who have not accepted there are things they can't control. They are the ones who think that they can control everything and assertively try to do that in as many situations as possible. And and what that means is I am going to be who I'm going to be and you're going to like me as I am regardless of what your music is. And if you don't hire me, then you're wrong. Um, that kind of stuff. That comes out so much. It comes out a lot even in the things that I post. I get responses and replies that say, well, you know, I'm not going to compromise who I am uh, everyone else is wrong if they don't hire me basically. And, uh, you know, what I said to those people is good luck. You're not going to get hired. Um, and so just keep in mind, there's things outside of your control, but what you can control always is how you react to situations. So just to recap again, number one, never stop auditioning. Always keep auditioning. Always keep reminding who hired you of why they hired you. Um, never take anything for granted. If you, every situation you get where you get to sit behind a drum kit or strap on a guitar or pick up a microphone or put your hands on some keys or whatever that is, that's an opportunity for you to audition. Even if you're already got, you've already got a gig, you never know who else is listening. Number two, look for gaps in your situation. Where are the things that you're missing? Where are the things that aren't quite 100% not only in yourself, but also all the things around you in your musical situation and even in your non-musical situation? And how can you fill those in as best you can? Number three, perception is reality. doesn't matter what you know the truth to be about yourself as a musician because the people who make the decision about whether or not you get paid, they have their own perception of you and their opinion matters more than the reality of what you think you are in the context of getting hired as a professional. Of course, what you know about yourself is more important than what other people think about you deep down in your heart. Emotionally, that's true. But when it comes to getting paid, what other people think, that's really all that matters. And lastly, like we said, you can't control everything. You got to accept that you can't control everything, but you can control how you react to situations even when they're outside of your control.
All right. So thanks for listening today. Like I mentioned, promusician.org is live. You can check out hundreds of old episodes of this podcast um, or my old podcast, Drummer Daily. But most of those podcasts actually um, don't talk too much about drumming specifically. Um, They might say the word drumming, but you can just replace that word in your mind with playing music. And I think there's lots of good advice for you there still. So check those out. Shoot me an email through the contact form on promusician.org. And thank you for listening. Leave a review on iTunes if you don't mind. And we will talk again very soon. Thanks for joining me today. Bye for now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.